Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The only person that did that was Trump. But we can't say that because of all these other extraneous issues. And so we kind of play these this kabuki dance where we dance all around it, you know, and we talk this and say that, but no one will admit the truth because they feel that they don't want to be associated with any praise or um, acceptance of what Trump did. This is the Trevor Carey Show. On the Valley's Power Talk. Right now, it looks like people in the permanent bureaucracy may not want, they will lie and they will cover up, but they won't disagree with the president at 45 or 50%. But when it gets down to, you know, one third of the country is all that he has that supports him, they'll go with the majority, I think. And that's the only hope we have, that Biden remains so unpopular. And I think with inflation and the border and gas prices, uh, he's going to get even more unpopular. Well, that was my next guest about two months or so ago when I asked, uh, when will Democrats start jumping ship? You heard it. I'd like to welcome to the show Dr. Victor Davis Hanson. Mr. Hanson, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you said it because I was asking a few months ago, uh, how long are they going to hang on to Biden here? And you said, well, and it gets about, what was that, 35%. Uh, we're in that range now. Welcome to this Monday. Yeah, I think we're starting to see certain strange things like um, unusually uh, candid co- uh, coverage of Hunter Biden's laptop and even more coverage of Joe Biden's cognitive challenges. And I don't think that's an accident. I think it it displays the left as a little worried and they want to keep their options open should it be a tsunami in the midterms or Biden suddenly gets even worse. They might set the stage for 25th Amendment shuffle or something. You mentioned tsunami in the midterms. I, I want to ask you this. Uh, we uh, Let's say we win it back in 22, the House, maybe the Senate, uh, and I'll say it out loud. I I don't trust the, the, the Republicans in this current state to actually execute what we, the, the dying citizen out here, are actually going to need. I want them to win. I want to get control. I just think back to the Paul Ryan two years, and I still have that feel. What's your level of optimism of the job being done correctly this go-around? I'm a little bit more confident because two years ago or three years ago, I think the Republican Party was still a sort of a Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney party. And I think they're just irrelevant. They don't even exist, that type of Republican anymore. They either left the party or they're independents now or they're they're just crying in the wind. So I think the people who are now running the Republican Party are more motivated. They're more middle class orientated. They're more populist and... They don't. They have. They have less faith in the permanent federal and state bureaucracies, so they're a lot more aware. I think there's a lot. I think the the fact that the Virginia elections were pretty 
fairer, and even the San Francisco board elections were pretty transparent, tells me that there's a lot of people, grassroots people, that are getting involved in the balloting process. And maybe they're realizing what many of us are realizing, that when you stand up, it actually works. And I think people, yeah, people want politicians to not be elected officials, but elected leaders and and leaders stand up. You mentioned the talking a lot about the the laptop. Uh, I'm noticing a lot of COVID walk back recently. The CDC, CNN, The Atlantic. I played uh, audio last hour of them all sounding like, you know, what Senator Rand Paul sounded like a year ago. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I worked as a colleague with Scott Atlas and three years ago. I think you and I talked about it once, how he was demonized and libeled by the Stanford medical faculty and people on campus. He had to get private security details, all for what? For saying that, you were never going to eradicate the virus entirely, that it would sort of morph or descend into something like the flu. You had to concentrate on elderly people, but young kids were pretty much safe from serious uh, consequences from infection. There would be a lot of variants, he said. He said that vaccinations would probably uh, not prevent you from getting it, but would prevent you from getting seriously ill if you wanted them. He was very skeptical about the booster especially for people who've had two shots or had had a case of COVID prior. And uh, he was very, except for the N95 mask, which very few people actually wear day, he was very skeptical of masking and quarantines. But his big, his big argument was that the lockdown and quarantine in terms of collective psychological damage or economic damage or supply chain damage or spousal or or children abuse, or substance abuse, or miscancer. That was that eventual toll would be far more than the COVID. And he was, I think he's been proved absolutely right. And so you're starting to see now that that viewpoint and the people who espoused it, another one was Jay Bacharia, a medical professor at Stanford, they seem to be listened to now. And nobody, I think Fauci's become a caricature of himself. He's almost a joke. Um, nobody listens to him anymore, and he's just sort of diminished in his stature and influence. Well, that's, to me, reasons to set off fireworks and celebrate uh, because uh, the control that they've had. And you're bringing up the psychological aspect. And Dr. Hansen, that, that's, we'll never be able to make a chart and a graph with numbers and and, and show the, the ill effect of that. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's everywhere. Trevor, I, I was in the bank the other day and I was talking to the teller and she just said to me out of the blue, I feel so safe now. She said, when people all had masks, I never knew which person was going to come up and rob me or ask for something. But now I can see people's faces. I can watch their expressions. And if somebody comes in with a mask, they're rare and I, I can focus on them. And then uh, small children are back in school, and the damage that was done to them, especially special needs children, over two years was considerable. And I think collectively, all a lot of the crazy things that went on the last two years, the May, June, July 2020 rioting, the, the strange, you know, destroying property, statues. I'm not trying to contextualize it, but I think that the left got a lot of power by having most of the country locked down or masked or quarantined, and they sort of were given the playing field out of people's apprehensions or fear. And so I don't think we will ever quite calibrate the damage that was done.
No, people people are different. Uh, I sense it, and I've I've kind of made it my hobby when I few times that I venture out to force conversation. Not I don't stop and chit chat, but uh, hello, hey, good morning, how you doing? Uh, and people do, uh, you know, they'll come out of their little shell and go, oh hi, how are you? Uh, we forgot, and I think uh, over the last two years that psychological uh, aspect has affected us all. I want to switch gears to Title Forty Two. Uh, For those that don't know what that is, that was what Trump put into place during the uh, COVID pandemic, man-made lockdown, whatever, uh, to keep uh, people, uh, asylum seekers, stopped at the border. Uh, Dr. Hansen, political suicide, I understand maybe potential future voters, but the utter chaos that's about to happen, that couldn't be beneficial for any administration. Yeah, I think the the left is uh, they're divided and they're fighting there's the diehard hardcore socialist left and their their attitude is we're going to be out of power when we lose the house and the senate and then we're going to just have executive orders for the last two years so we better just do all the crazy things we've always wanted to so we've got to get rid of title 42 article 42 and get as many people in as we can and then there's their opponents and say now wait a minute we're, we're starting to give a few federal leases. We're tapping the oil, um, strategic petroleum reserve. We are even giving money for nuclear power plants, and we don't want another mess on the border that will give us some pretty bad optics right as we go into the midterm cycle. So both of them are leftists. Both those groups are leftists. That just one is so diehard and out of it. They just, they're sort of Samsonite. They want to pull the whole temple down on top of everybody. And the others are more realistic and said, let's just compromise and have sort of a fake optics or a fake veneer as if we're moderates. And so th- th- we'll see who wins on the, the 42 question. Uh, indeed, maybe the, the courts will step in, you think, possibly, and save him. I had uh, Ira Melman from FAIR, Federation of American Immigration Reform, on, and he thought that might be the process where he goes, hey, the courts uh, said I couldn't stop it. Do you see that happening? Yeah, I do. I do. I think. I think they're secretly hope. I'm, I think they're secretly happy that the courts stepped in, and they're and they're secretly happy uh, if the courts will will affirm that ruling. And if they are going to object, it's going to be for public display. They know that nobody likes this agenda. The polls show not just Biden's unpopularity or Harris's unpopularity, but every single issue polls in the 30s and 40s. And so the Democratic Party, there's still people in the Democratic Party that are not completely off the cliff. They're, they're not completely woke. And they see this whole party with the potential of imploding in November. I mean, when you have a his, the Latino vote, Mexican-American vote, if these polls are correct, it's 50-50. And the African-American male vote and the suburban woman vote and all of these constituencies that typically vote overwhelmingly democratic it looks like they've been lost to the democrats they just had it which is a very good sign because it suggests that people are not trying to identify by their tribal affiliation or their gender their race they're just people and they want to they want an equal opportunity and a chance to become upwardly mobile and you you can't do that with this left-wing party it's just it's a it's a war against the middle class and you know uh, uh the tribalism that is out there it, it affects 
so many people have, you know, immigration and critical race theory and abortion. There are people in America that aren't as heavily affected by illegal immigration uh, who might not have kids in school and might not be concerned about it and have been married uh, 35 years and aren't going to have an abortion. But inflation, that hits everybody in America. And that's the number one issue. And when you said a few months ago, I was like, man, you know, that that's hitting everybody in the pocketbook. When are they going to jump off the Biden ship? Uh, you stated uh, well about thirty five percent, and I uh, we talked about that around the station here. We kept waiting. Now that they've gotten to those those numbers, you see former White House Press Secretary Robert Gibbs quote: "What you're seeing is people feeling like it's time to head for the lifeboats rather than trying to steer the ship." Uh, now, leaving Biden alone, do they have confidence in Kamala Harris? I mean, what? No, they, they have less. The polls poll show that. They have less confidence That's because every time she's on a podium, it's just adolescent gibberish that comes out. It's kind of like, gee whiz, gaga. It's just infantile the way she sounds. Everybody understands that. She's had, she's never had a record of achievement. Everything was always given to her. She manipulated somebody for her, for her own advantage. So she, she's Biden's best hope. Let's face it. She's, as everybody said, she's Biden's Spiro Agnew. And as long as she's there, no matter how Biden failed, people are saying, well, which is worse, somebody that's cognizant but obnoxious and incompetent or somebody that's not cognizant but used to be sort of normal and they can't decide. But again, these are problems that are on top of the issues and the issues are no longer just you're left, I'm right, I'm Republican, you're Democrat. That's not the issue. It's survival. People are coming to the conclusion they go into Home Depot and they cannot afford $180 for a spool of wire or $55 for sheetrock or $170 to fill up their pickup or $1,000 a square foot to buy a home on the coast or get a remodel job for $500 a square foot. They can't do it. You can't live and you or wait two years for a new car or have some car salesman call you up and say, hey, that car that was five years ago we sold you, please, can we buy it back? I mean, these are we, we're seeing things, Trevor, we've never seen before. We've never had a president say you might not have food on the shelf. So people are saying, this can't go on. This is the United States. And now the stuff of life, the very things that are the most important, your power bill, your fuel bill, building materials, shelter, food, electricity costs if we don't have that we can't survive and it's getting people terrified and they know that and they're really angry as well as being terrified because they were self-induced problems there wasn't a war a tsunami an earthquake that caused these plague I mean, COVID was more or less it's over but it's it's deliberate monetary policy it's deliberate energy policy it's deliberate foreign policy decisions in afghanistan and elsewhere critical race theory critical legal theory, modern monetary theory, opening the border. And so they did it on, it was like they wanted to destroy things almost, nihilism. Well, I, I I agree with that. It's like they have set out to utter chaos. Uh, would you say get ready for higher prices next harvest based upon the cost of everything, the fertilizer and everything that goes that went into this harvest? Yeah, I think we're going to see increasing increasing prices but i remember the 70s and this started in 76 77 78 79 80 and then all of a sudden the prices were so high people couldn't afford them 
and they started to back off. And then Paul Walker came in and said, you know what, the interest rate has to be at the same rate of inflation or, you, or the, the country's going to explode. So he raised interest rates to 8, 9, 10, 11, 15, 18%. And then we had that thing called stagflation where the country was inflated, but it was in a recession. And then Reagan came in and he stayed the course and they broke inflation back. And then suddenly he deregulated the economy and we were, we had 40 years of prosperity. But I, I think if we don't break inflation, we're going to live in a third world Venezuela or Cuba type country. And so at some point, the Fed's going to have to get up to six or seven or eight percent, nine percent, what the rate of inflation is. It has to match the rate of inflation. Money has no value. It just keeps going down in value. And when that happens, at some magical point around eight to 12 percent inflation, people can't buy they won't buy a car at 18 percent they will not buy a home and that'll slow down the economy and then there will be more supply but that's not it didn't have to happen that way that's the last resort to save an economy all we had to do under Biden was not borrow another five trillion or pay people not to work or work down there at these at these ports and supply chain centers and hubs to get get them moving and pump more oil pump more gas and then we wouldn't have been in this situation. But when you print money and you restrict production and supply and you give incentives not to work, you know, I think all of us have a story where you're talking about somebody wants to fix your wiring or plumbing or paint your house or do something. And the first thing they say, is, I can't get anybody to work. And yet you drive around, you know, 10 in the morning, you see grown people just walking around and you get the impression there's a, a high labor non. Uh, non-participation rate because of incentives that people grew accustomed to during this lockdown. Well, I guess, Dr. Hansen, we should have believed them when they said we're going to put Marxism on the path. They turned it socialist, so I guess it should start to look like those countries you named Venezuela, uh, the socialist oh, I, countries. I yeah, yeah we, we, begged them, we begged them to print. I never thought I'd live in a country that would deliberately limit its own oil and gas supplies and then go beg our arch enemies like Russia or Iran or Venezuela or even the Saudis to pump the oil that we consider too dirty for us to pump rather than to say to people in Alaska or Texas or North Dakota, you're Americans, you guys have to get to work, we're going to give you incentives, let's get up three or four more, five more million barrels of oil and let's break this uh, price crunch. And they could, they could have done it. We could do it in California. We have the sixth largest supply of gas and natural natural gas and oil of all the 50 states just sitting there in places from the monterey basin offshore the bakersfield area we're not we're not trying to do to exploit that at all drill gavin drill gavin dr victor davis hansen sir thank you for your time and uh your prediction has come true they are bailing out at the 35 uh, percent polling right there uh g- give the website we know the dying citizens available at amazon but uh also at your website yeah victorhanson.com victorhanson.com thank you dr hanson we'll talk again soon thank you you betcha dr hanson baby love it this is the trevor carey show on the valley's power talk You're listening to The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk.
Thanks again to Dr. Victor Davis Hanson on the show. You can get his new book, The Dying Citizen. And uh, free speech seemed to be like it was dying. Uh, are we taking a U-turn? Is uh, uh, or is it looking good? Uh, Elon Musk is a Democrat. I've liked everything that he has been doing as of late. I like to stand against the uh, state of California and their psychotic man-made lockdown and color-coded charts. And his employees could come in and work. Maybe, maybe not. You can't run a business that way. It's official. Twitter's new owner is the world's richest person, Tesla CEO Elon Musk. The social media company will be acquired by Musk for $54.20 a share, or about $44 billion. Once the deal is done, which is subject to shareholders' approval, Twitter will become a privately held company. Twitter's board changing course and agreeing to sell the social media platform to Musk after initially gearing to fight the takeover attempt. In a statement, Musk said that free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy, and Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. Now, Trump has his Truth Social Network. Uh, he's not wouldn't be able to reach, as it stands right now, as many people as he would be able on Twitter. Would he want to be able to tweet something like, I don't know this out? I don't think he remembers what he did yesterday. So he's not mentally sharp enough to be president. Biden doesn't know. I mean, he doesn't know he's alive. Mm. Okay. Well, is he coming back? Fox News had this to say. Former President Donald Trump telling Fox News on Monday that he would not return to the platform even if Elon reinstated his account. Trump saying that he will be using his Truth Social account over the next few days as originally planned, while adding that he had hoped the must deal would go through because he would make improvements to Twitter. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, Patriots.com slash on the right. All right. Well, we'll see how it all works out. Nothing's done until everything is signed and the ink is dry and the money has been transferred. Uh, uh, there was controversy in the Republican Party, not the McCarthy-Liz Cheney phone call. Uh, I'm going to go back to that congressman. Remember Congressman Madison Cawthorn? Uh, he's the young man that's uh, the congressman in the wheelchair. That's the easiest way for you to know who I'm talking about with a uh, a name that's not well known right now. Remember, uh, I don't know, it was a month or so ago, three weeks ago, he's a congressman from North Carolina, and he accused the GOP of inviting him to orgies. Remember that guy when I played you the audio of this? 
he was on somebody's podcast and you know he was raised a conservative baptist and uh, always talks about his christianity and uh, his life and he stands up and uh, so this story came out i think uh, mccarthy uh, got on to him about it and he kind of recanted to some degree but uh, th- there were pictures out of him uh, in women's lingerie, not McCarthy, uh, Madison Cawthorn, the, the congressman from North Carolina, in women's lingerie. You know, he's talking about sexual perversion in in D.C. He, you know, later said it was somewhat maybe exaggerated, but uh, photos coming out of this guy, women's lingerie. I mean, it was weird looking. Um, and he had a bra around him, and he, he actually, it wasn't like he just had it draped over his clothes. No, it was like he had his clothes, or at least from the waist up from what the picture showed uh he had on a tight-fitting lingerie women's thing and had dangling earrings and uh all right hey that's your thing Cawthorn. i don't know if i'd go around pointing the finger like that uh he, he claims uh, after the story was published he said that the, the photos were taken of him during a game on a cruise ship all right if that if that's what it turned out some kind of goofy vacation photos on a cruise ship and he said it was way before i ran for congress he said, they're running out of things to throw at me. Uh, yeah, I've been on some vacations, and I don't know if those kind of pictures came out of the vacations, but hey, he's a younger guy. You know, maybe out there having a good time on the dance floor and decided to slip into some women's lingerie in public. I don't know. It's 2022. Who are we to point a finger, right? But I can tell you I'm ecstatic. I don't use that term often, ecstatic. I'm ecstatic over the utter caving in and failure of CNN+. Plus. CNN wouldn't even exist if they weren't part of the cable bundle. If CNN was left alone just like CNN Plus was, well, there you go. I got some funny audio next. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. Big news, Elon Musk uh, taking over, looking like Twitter, a $46.5 billion package to fund this uh, uh, attempt here. Uh, he... <laughs> He put out a, a tweet today, put a photo of him, uh, long, well, no, two days ago, sorry, this would have been on Saturday. Uh, he, he had the, uh, you know, Apple has the pregnant man emoji, you know, it shows the dude pregnant. Yeah, of course you got to have that uh, today. And uh, Elon Musk put one out about Bill Gates saying that he's kind of getting a tummy, kind of getting, a <laughs> and he put the pregnant man emoji with it. Okay, he said, he said he has fun with him, doesn't he? Uh, he does. I can tell you right now, uh, <laughs> Greg Gutfeld at Fox, he has had so much fun with the CNN uh, Plus thing not working. I mean, it has literally uh, dropped off the, the, the table after 32 days. Uh, it was gone. Remember, uh, Chris Wallace left Fox News. He left Fox to go over to CNN. So much fun, wasn't it? Okay, so you see, you see, uh, Hillary was supposed to come back. You got Bernie. You got Mitt. this. This is the Democratic bench is thinner than Chris Wallace's demo reel from CNN Plus. <laughs> right then, 
every every chance he had on the show, uh, he he ripped on CNN Plus. Listen, BLM has done to black people what Chris Wallace did to CNN Plus: <laughs> entice them with a promise and then ditch them on the side of the road. Funny, funny. Oh, he continued it on, man. He didn't let it drop. Sitting next to a guy who was drunk on a plane, and he vomited all over me. Oh, really? my God. Oh, it was was it Chris Wallace? I, I don't know, but he vomited in my purse. That really ticked me off. That's funny. That's funny. And he couldn't get... He just let it go. He could not stop. He had to keep it rolling the whole show, interjecting, never know when it was going to hit. Well, to quote Chris Wallace... <laughs> I don't think the credibility of this initiative is sustainable. No, not at all, is it? Uh, not sustainable. Uh, it didn't make it. They did not make it, and we saw that happening, and we knew Greg Gutfeld, he just could not stop himself the whole show. I think it, it, it is a challenge that we will be facing, but a lot of the solutions that are coming from the left are unreliable, whether it's solar panels or windmills. I mean, look at CNN Plus, how much <laughs> money they invested in wind power by hiring Chris Wallace. <laughs> I loved uh, it's as thin as his demo reel. That that actually was funny. Uh, well, it looks like uh, Alon Wynn's going to buy Twitter. And, uh, you know, the election was affected by Twitter. You do know that, right? Uh, it, it was. And uh, I think that that's been proven. They they shut out the, the Biden laptop information. And uh, White House visitor logs are, are now revealing some things that we weren't quite sure about. Now we do know. You know, all the flat-out denials, 100% denial, right, from Joe Biden about having any involvement any involvement whatsoever it did not happen uh didn't happen he didn't meet with hunter's business partners and he's he's on tape man tape do we still call it tape yeah he's on tape let's let's leave it back like the nixon days right that's what we're dealing with uh way worse though uh he's on tape saying no 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 not me not joe biden i never no i didn't know what my son was doing i had no idea when he came back why he was so excited when he flew back with me on air force two from china i had no idea why he was so giddy you know it's not every day somebody inks billion dollar deals but don't tell dad don't tell dad well, uh, Dad, uh, where you worked as vice president, it's called the People's House, the White House. It's our house. Uh, you're, you were only vice president in there for four years. You're literally renting it. Or, or we're allowing you uh, the Airbnb to stay there for four years and work out of, right? Well, the visitor logs. There are visitor logs. That's right. Raising some questions. Looks like... Uh, some of Hunter's business partners were hanging out in the White House. Now, isn't that something? He said he never, ever met with them. Joe Biden, we got you on record, man. You said no. This is this is really going to uh, actually coming out here. Uh, some of his business partners were in the West Wing days after Joe and Hunter had arrived from China. Remember, remember the Chinese meeting right where the business partners or the chinese businessmen uh even one of hunter biden's business partners mr sherwin met exactly directly with biden in the west wing around 2010 and right around 2010 that's the time that hunter was smoking the crack and he had relapsed back into back into alcohol uh, but yet you have Biden, Hunter biden's buddies businessmen going to a state dinner with obama 
and then French president uh, back in 2014. We got their names. Chris Hines, he was one of the uh, founders of the business Hunter Biden involved with. Yeah, he was right here, guest list, holiday receptions 2009 and 2011. Now, there's a lot of people at these big receptions at the White House, right? You can't go over every list and say, well, look, they were in attendance. And look, the vice president was there. You know, there's hundreds of people. Uh, you know, you can't connect it just off one event, right? Well, it wasn't just one event. Uh, let's run down who Hunter Biden's business partners, uh, how many times they were at the White House. This is according to what was out Saturday in the New York Post. I'm sure. Twitter, you going to purge it? Urgent Twitter. Oh, wait, maybe it'll now be actually to be able to be on Twitter. Uh, according to the New York Post, these are by uh, Hunter Biden's business associates. Met with Biden aide in October of 2009. Met with Jill, Jill Biden, special assistant in 2010. Why is, why is Hunter Biden's business associates meeting with his mom? All right, maybe it's a family business. Maybe she's Carmelo Soprano. Uh, meeting with Joe Biden assistant, 2010. Uh, another one in November 2010. Meeting with Joe Biden. Bam! If the New York Post reporting is correct, and let's go see. Have they been correct lately? Yes. Uh, meeting with Joe Biden assistant in 2011. Meet with Jill Biden aide again in March of 12, meeting with Joe Biden assistant. February of 12, meeting with Joe Biden's director of administration. March of 2013, meeting with Joe Biden, uh, Jill, uh, no, excuse me, Joe Biden assistant again in 2013. Hmm, what do we have here? Well, we know these, uh, the text messages from Hunter's laptop uh, from hell. It showed the actual Biden family payout, you know, 50% of salaries for 30 years. Now, maybe he was on a, on a crack run when he was, uh, sending that email but it's nonetheless it's an email and it's uh, of course being looked into uh, you know hunters being looked into uh, by the fbi right now now if it were donald trump jr being looked at by the fbi while uh, his dad was president of the united states can you imagine the wall-to-wall coverage of that i mean it would literally be day 78 day 79 day 80 of the trial of the the century uh the president on trial they'd say the president on trial even if it was uh his son eh, nah, nothing about this hunter biden corruption eh, no wrongdoing ah, we're good uh we need a special counsel should be appointed to study this corruption and anything that basement boy Biden denied down in that basement, any wrongdoing by his actual son. Uh, you, you know when you know that they're, they're guilty is when Wikipedia actually killed the entry uh, for Hunter Biden's investment company. Used to be up there. Now it's completely gone. You're, you're, you're not going to find it. You, you are not. Uh, gonna see it on there we'll talk more about this uh, coming up at 5 30 uh, there's more information coming out on this as we're realizing and i do want to tell you this is 46 years ago today on this day and i've missed it for a few years i remember actually making a a point of this on the show because i remember it as a little kid i was 10 years old 
1976. It was the bicentennial year. It was major patriotism. I was a huge Dodger fan. You know, would want to know what the game score was and all of that. Uh, And anytime they'd be on TV, it was just amazing to catch them on TV. But I lived in Texas at the time. But uh, Rick Monday, one of my favorite outfielders. And uh, some non-deodorant hippie from 1976 uh, decided they a couple of them they were going to run into center field and they had an American flag and it's representative of some people's opinion of the country today uh, how they treat America and our flag it's just horrible but Rick Monday saw them he he said trying to light the flag on fire they were probably Vietnam War protesters or who knows what they were they were protesting America. Uh, they were communist Marxists then. Here's Rick Monday talking about uh, how he reflected on that day and how he ran over and saved the flag, and everybody cheered in the whole stadium, and they arrested the guys. They couldn't get it lit because of the wind blowing. 30 years later, I could not tell you immediately what was on my mind, except what they were doing was wrong. As far as I'm concerned, it was wrong in 1976. It's wrong today, what they were trying to do. The first match was struck and as it was put to the flag the wind blew it out and I'm still running at them. The second match is is ignited and he starts to put one of them starts to put the match to the flag at the same time I got there. I do know that I thought about maybe bowling them over. But now I can get the flag before maybe the match can get there. So I reached out, picked it up still on the run. And the first thing that came to mind, I mean you could smell the lighter fluid. That's how much they doused it. And it was soaking wet. You could feel the coldness of this lighter fluid. And I said, well, is it on fire? Well, obviously, it was not on fire. Thank goodness it was. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. You're listening to The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. Well, what did Donald Trump have to say about the Kevin McCarthy Liz Cheney phone call? In case uh, you, you missed that, it was uh, Congressman Kevin McCarthy saying he was going to ask Trump to resign. He should, uh, while publicly stating differently. But then again, publicly, he was stating some pretty uh, harsh things against former President Trump out in public on the you know on the streets of Congress. We heard it. I played you the audio uh, last week. Uh, Trump told the Wall Street Journal that his relationship with McCarthy remains good. He said he's not pleased with some of the comments that McCarthy made to House leaders. He said, uh, here's the quote from the Wall Street Journal. He said, he made a call. I heard the call. I didn't like the call. <laughs> to go backwards, I didn't like that call. I heard that call. And yes, he made that call. Uh, McCarthy told fellow Republicans that he would suggest Trump that he should uh, resign. And uh, that was after all the January 6th, just days after it. And both McCarthy or Marshall McConnell have been critical of Trump. We, we've heard that. We know that. Uh, House Minority Whip Steve Scalise uh, doesn't think McCarthy should resign over the leaked audio recording. Uh, you know, I don't know who leaked it. Was it Congressman Jim Jordan? Was it Liz Stefanik of, uh, New, York, uh, of New York? Uh, they're looking to compete for uh, Speaker of the House, especially if Trump endorses them. 
So we'll see how it all works out. Uh, well, what an old uh, prison warden. Senator Elizabeth Prison Warden, one of the biggest liars uh, in the Senate. He told me he does have some responsibility for what happened, and he needs to acknowledge that. The only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should be done. You know, he's not saying that now. What's your reaction? Kevin McCarthy is a liar and a traitor. Uh, this is outrageous, and that is really the, the, the illness that, that pervades the Republican leadership right now. Isn't it amazing how they project? They just project. They can't help it. They can't help projecting. Let's talk. I, I want to switch to foreign policy real quick because I found some audio of former Trump ambassador Marie Yovanovitch. Uh, she was the ambassador to Ukraine. And uh, she testified against Trump in the impeachment trial against him. She's not a fan. But if Trump were president, this is what PBS asked her. And listen to what she probably didn't even realize that she was saying. I've heard that you have also suggested that Putin might not have gone to war if Trump was still in office. And you said, quote, you don't need to go to war if you're getting everything you want through other means. Tell me what you meant by that. Trump was... um very dismissive of NATO. I mean, dismissive is obviously a diplomatic word. Very critical of NATO, critical of our allies. And his close associates, including John Bolton, have said that if he had won a second term, he would have pulled us out of NATO. And would that be a bad thing now? Think about it. Would it be? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, why go to war if you're Vladimir Putin? If the United States is going to present, um, you know, kind of the, the, the corpse of NATO on a silver platter. You don't need to do that. I think that Trump would have provided Putin with enough of what he wanted that, you know, perhaps he wouldn't have invaded. The fake news said my personality would get us into a war. I'm telling you, that guy's going to get us into a war. But actually, my personality is what kept us out of war. That's right. Wokeism on the ropes. Let's put it out of misery in 2022. Who said that? I bet it was Trump at a weekend rally, right? Who said, let's put it out of its misery? I'll tell you next. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.